Alright. I think we're... Does it sound like we're recording now? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Welcome back. Episode 15, Short Story Bingo. My name is Nate Chacon the third. Woo-woo! Yo, and uh, just chilling with uh, some friends right now. Uh, AP. Hey, 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 hey. Joey. Is there more beer? Yeah, there are. Okay. I'm going to go grab another one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> welcome back. Short Story Bingo, episode 15. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours is going to be released on Friday, though, the 24th. Oh, damn, it just started. Um, certainly appreciate everyone that's uh, been uh, tuning in and everything. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, the retention program is working. What we do on this podcast is I read a short story with uh, my friends or guests or by myself, and uh, we comment while I absolutely make sure that the author has the dignity that they had when they made the story. So, today, I gotta give a big shout out to the United Kingdom. They just overtook the uh, country that is listening to my podcast the most right now, so peace to them. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, so Wait, last so week it was Japan. Is that a good thing? Yeah, whatever, right? Brexit in the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Shout out to Red. Coast. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Uh, but so for today, for the random Twitter follower shout out. My man Joey's gonna put his Twitter out. Uh, I don't really mess with Twitter too much, but you can catch me at Facebook. Twitter's kind of died off for me. I know that's where I can find Trump. So I try to stay off. Uh, but Facebook, Joseph or Joey, J-O-E-Y. <laughs> and then I have it kind of spelled in a weird way. He's um, about to put out his whole government, right? Yeah. Middle name and everything. <laughs> no. oh, don't want to do that. All right, that's fine. It's okay. We'll, we'll get over your links in the... In the well, you can there. catch me at Instagram... It's time to go with an E at the end and an underscore. It's time to go E underscore. Hell yeah. All right. Well, so. <laughs> um, so anyway, yes, I certainly appreciate everyone that's been listening in. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to say is that I posted about this. I'm going to be starting the uh, short story bingo uh, Facebook page shortly, but like, um, 30 days ago, uh, what I said I was going to tell you guys is that uh, we were averaging 99 feet, uh, hits on our feed um, per episode. 30 days later, we're at 167. So big ups to yourselves. Thank you so much for subscribing. And um, if you could comment, even if it's bad, I hope it's not bad because I feel like I'm, I think, you know, I think we're connecting. Aren't we? Nah, give them all not, that bad shit. Give them all not, that. If we're not, then just email me. Shortstorybingo at yahoo.com. Let me know if I'm not connecting with you. Just, I just want to be there for you. My name is Nate Chacon. This is episode 15. Short Story Bingo. Hanging out with my friends. We're going to uh, make this a Thanksgiving episode. Hope you guys ate well yesterday. Hope you guys ate well yesterday. I hope I ate well yesterday because we're talking in the future right now. I was going to say... Because this is releasing on Friday. Yeah. Short story, Bingo. Thank you so much. Again, my name is Nate Chacon III. 
I have my boy Joey. Joey. Hey. What's good? What's good, world? What's happening? And that's about it. So we're going to start and get back into the <laughs> intro music. Da-da. Short story, being old motherfucker. Short story, bingo. Short story, bingo. Short story, bingo. Short story, bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story, bingo. Short story, bingo. Short story, bingo. Short story, bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Too often, the story of the 1621 Thanksgiving is told from the pilgrim's point of view. And what the mop, when the Wampanoag which is spelled W-A-M-P-A-N-O-A-G, just if you want to Google it. And when the Wampanoag, who partook in this feast too, are included, it is usually in a brief or distorted way. In search of the Native American's perspective, we walk to Plymouth. Excuse me, we look to Plymouth, where the official first Thanksgiving took place, and where today the Wampanoag side of the story can be found. So this is definitely coming from the native perspective here of uh, Thanksgiving story, if you're following along at home. Plymouth, pa- Plymouth Plantation is one of Plymouth's top attractions and probably the place to go for the first Thanksgiving story. It is a living museum. With its replica 17th century Wampanoag home site, a representation of the home site used by Hobbinock, who served as emissary between the Wampanoag and Pilgrims, and staffed by 23 Native Americans, mostly Wampanoag, 17th century English village, and the Mayflower II, a replica of the ship that brought the Pilgrims to Plymouth. So Plymouth Plantation has a lot of shit. So you can see for like, <laughs> like it's just like, yeah, we have all this shit. So like, if you guys are looking to find out about the Plymouth, go to the Plymouth Plantation. They have all of it, apparently. All the shits. <laughs> we, used, we used to have a Plymouth van when I was younger. How was that? A Plymouth Voyager. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had the same one with the sliding door with the money. Sliding doors. <laughs> oh my god. So uh, they kind of slid in. It right. all makes sense. It does. So it's all full circle. According to a Plymouth, uh, Plymouth plantation timeline, the Mayflower arrived at Plymouth Harbor on December sixteenth, sixteen twenty. The Pilgrims settled in an area that was once Patuxet, and that's spelled P-A-T-U-X-E-T, a Wampanoag village abandoned for four years, four years prior after a deadly outbreak of a plague brought by European traders who first appeared in the area in 1616. So four years after, um, you know, Europeans kind of occupied folks were already dying of a plague you know what i'm saying people were sick already they were sick right so i mean doesn't that okay well we'll, we'll keep continuing the museum's literature tells that before 1616 the wampanoag numbered 50,000 to 100,000 occupying 69 villages 
This is before 1616, so this is before the Europeans came, okay? So they were, you know, they were rampant. They had numbered 50 to 100,000, occupying 69 villages <coughs> scattered across and throughout southeastern Massachusetts and eastern Rhode Island. Hmm. The plague, however, killed thousands, up to two-thirds of them. Many also had been captured and sold as slaves. And yet, when the Wampanoag watched the Mainflower's passengers come ashore at Patuxet, they did not see them as a threat. So, the, you know, they're just like, just the same way that uh, the Mayans did when the Spanish were coming. They didn't know what was happening, and then they pulled out, and they, they were on horses, and they're like, wow, these, they're, they're fucking super beings because they're on top of a th- animal that we haven't seen yet. So they must be incredibly superior. It's intimidating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, as a people like to have your own society going on and then something that just like I don't feel like the Indians looked at them like that though. Like this particular tribe. They might have looked at them like, "Oh, look at those cute ass little white people." Maybe. You no, know I, mean? I don't know. I think it was more of a what was Takeover. it? <laughs> <laughs> you thought that, but they, I'm saying that the natives didn't see the folks coming off the Mayflower as a threat. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. They had no idea. But why? Why, why would you? Why, why? Because they're good-hearted people. I think the cultures were both different. Right. One was facts accepting yeah. of animals or whoever it was. The other right. one was. Take over as and much that's just as you it's can. just two different things. Two different things. Completely two different things. Mm-hmm. They were expecting to be like, "Yo, what's up? Let's mm-hmm. party!" And they were like, "Yeah, no, nah, we're fucking. This is no, yeah. So now this is ours. <laughs> so, so... <laughs> you can't sit with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually made a section over here for you, like legit. Anyway, Tom, will you grab him? Yeah, mm-hmm. just bring him over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pop in. No, mm-hmm. even the little one, pop in. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they're fine. Put a leave, fence around them. Leave the animals. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quote, The Wampanoag had seen many ships before, explained Tim Turner, Cherokee manager of Plymouth Plantations, Wampanoag home site and co-owner of Native Plymouth Tours. They had seen traders and fishermen, but they had not seen women and children before mm. in the Wampanoag ways. Mm. They never would have brought their women and children into harm, so they saw them as... A peaceful people for that reason. Hmm. Yeah, they probably saw that and thought, okay, they wouldn't bring their women and children into a hostile environment. So yeah, this, I get this that. must be peace, you know? I get yeah. that. But there's no way they weren't familiar with the woman. Right. You know, how are they reproducing? Right. 100%. Nah, you know, but a like white a... girl that clean in a dress? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a difference, I guess, if you see, you know, somebody rolling in rags or yeah, whatever right. it may be yeah. versus you know princess yeah. anna Wagga. exactly yeah <laughs> no i i it's totally tough. agree but they didn't greet them the right way either the english in fact did not see the wampanoag that first winter at all according to turner they saw shadows he said samoset uh Mohegan from, Ma- uh, from Maine came to the village on March 16th, 1621. The next day, 
He returned from Sisquantum, a Wampanoag who befriended him and helped the English that spring, showing them how to plant corn, fish, and gather berries and nuts. That March, the pilgrims entered into a treaty of mutual protection. I'm going to fuck this one up. With Usamekin, and that's spelled, I'm probably fucking it up, but O-U-S-A-M-E-Q-I-N. The Poconot Wampanoag leader. All right, here we go. I know, I'm fucking, the names are rough. Pronunciation. Hey, it's God, rough. I'm just dude. doing my best here. You know just what? Doing my I'm going to help you out one you time. You dropped the name. look up pronunciation guy one time. You know? All right, okay. <laughs> Turner said that what most people do not know about the first Thanksgiving is that the Wampanoag and the Pilgrims did not sit down for a big turkey dinner, and it was not an event that the Wampanoag knew about or were invited to in advance. In September slash October 1621, the pilgrims had just harvested their first crops and they had a good yield. They sent four men on fowling, which comes from the one paragraph account by pilgrim Edward Winslow, one of only two historical sources of this famous harvest feast. They sent four men on fowling, so uh, probably just going to grab mad birds. You know what I'm saying? Just like bringing in just like just mad foul. I was talking about this on my last episode. Have you heard of a punt gun? No. That sounds fun. Okay. Sounds so, like a play in Madden. Right. Well, that does sound like a play in Madden. Also, it sounds like a dope, like, kind of like, tr- um, like alternative rock band. It does. Punt gun. Punt gun. P-U-N-T gun. Anyway, it's a huge <laughs> shotgun. Is what it is. It's a huge shotgun. So, I don't know if they were still using them at this time. Is it one of those joints that has, like, the fucking, uh, just a huge barrel? You know what I'm talking about? That it expands on its way out. Like an elephant shotgun. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not. Well, sort of like that, a little bit. So, like, 12 gauges are, like, pretty good size. But, like, these were, like, two gauges. So, they were huge. And they would just shoot out mad BBs as soon as, like, um, a flock would... No, like a flock would get up from like a lily pad joint or whatever the fuck and they were just chilling out in their boat and they just have their punk gun ready to rock and roll so this joint like this flock would go up in the air you know how you see that like yeah, old flocks go up boom pop that punk gun 30 to 50 drop boom food that's fucked up they they ended it <laughs> they ended it though in 1918 yeah I think it kills the the excitement <laughs> yeah. Just like one you hit. You want to get them one by one. It's just about the thrill and the chase, man. Yeah, it you know that game, takes... that Super Nintendo game, that Duck Hunter? Yeah. That was the thrill, getting each one. You couldn't just get a punk gun and knock them all down. Although, that would be a cheat code, and that'd be super dope. It would. Up, up, down, left, right, back. Which, I guess, speaks to why a punk gun doesn't work, because it's a cheat code. Mm. And I'm glad that in 1918 we realized that it was probably not that best to that population of animal that were just <laughs> amount, like, yeah, just like 50 at a time, mm-hmm. just boom. Yep. So anyway, cool. Anyway, so all right. A few eagles in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we got to stop this game. Well, okay. <laughs> 
Winslow also stated, okay, so let me go back to this. They sent four men on fouling, which comes from the one paragraph account by Pilgrim Edward Winslow, one of only two historical sources of this famous harvest feast. Winslow also stated, we exercise our arms. Most historians believe that what happened was Mazazoit got word that there was a tremendous amount of gunfire coming from the Pilgrim Village, Turner said. So he thought that they were being attacked and he was going to bear aid. When the Wampanoag showed up, they were invited to join the pilgrims in their feast, but there was not enough food to feed the chief and his 90 warriors. Mazazoit sends his men out, and they bring back five deer, which they present to the chief of the English town. So there, this, so there is this whole ceremonial gift-giving as well. When you give it as a gift, it is more than just food, said Kathleen Wall, Colonial Food Waste Culinarian at Plymouth Plantation. The harvest feast lasted for three days. What did they eat? Venison, of course, and Wall said not just a lovely roasted joint of venison, but all the parts of the deer were on the table in who knows how many sorts of ways. Fowl, which puts turkey on Wall's list of possibilities. She also said there probably would have been a variety of seafood and waterfowl along with maize bread, pumpkin, and other squashes. It was nothing at all like a modern Thanksgiving, she said. Well, today, Thanksgiving is one of our nation's favorite holidays. It has a far different meaning for many Wampanoag, who now number between 4,000 and 5,000. Damn. 100,000 to 50,000. And then, I mean, just, like, that's... Why? Right. How? 100%. Like, that's just, that just seems like... I mean, it is what it is, so it's very hard to, like, talk about facts and then not let your emotion kind of get into it and kind of distort how you fucking think about it. But that's just much, you know? 4,000, 5,000, 50,000, and 100,000. Are we talking about, we're talking about 1621, though, right? So from having a 100,000 in 1621 to only having 5,000 now, that's what, 600? No, it's fucking 400 years. In 400 years, you lose, what's that, what's... Uh, that's 90% of your population. That's what we do. <laughs> that's crazy, right? Turner said, for the most part, Thanksgiving itself is a day of mourning for Native people, not just Wampanoag people. At noon on every Thanksgiving day, hundreds of Native people from around the country gather at Coles Hill, which overlooks Plymouth Rock. For the National Day of Mourning, it is an annual tradition started in 1970 when Wampanoag Wamsuda was invited by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts to give a speech at an event celebrating the 350th anniversary of the Pilgrims' arrival and then disinvented after the event organizers discovered his speech was one of outrage over the atrocities <laughs> of broken promises he his people endured. So he just goes out there and pops a speech out. Bad turkey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my god. Okay, on the Wampanoag wel welcoming and having friendly relations with the pilgrims, James wrote in his undelivered speech, this action by Mazazoit was perhaps our biggest mistake. We, the Wampanoag, welcomed you, the white man, with open arms, little knowing that it was the beginning of the end. Dun, dun, dun. And that's how, I mean, that's, you know, obviously there's 
you know more to it that you can certainly discover but damn that's a, a different look into it um I don't know, you know, it's weird, like, I uh, definitely think about Thanksgiving in a different way, like, Thanksgiving when I was 15 and 14 and 13, before I was, like, well, um, researched into what had been going on, you know, Thanksgiving seemed pretty cool all the time, but now Thanksgiving, like, it's cool, because it, it make, brings a different meaning to me, it's like family, right, right. rather than uh, the tragedies that sparked it, mm -hmm. It's very different, you know what I'm saying, to like have, what, like what the opinion that I might have is, might not be like, I might ruffle flat feathers on it, but like, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's a, it's something to consistently bring up as soon as, as long as this uh, holiday is around, you know, we should all talk about it. And, um, just weird. I don't know, you know, because it's because, like I said, it's a double meaning for me. I have a, I'm living in this dichotomy of being with my family because that's beautiful time during that Thanksgiving time because that's like where it's been harvested at, as far as like being thrown at the people, right? To create that holiday, create. Remember that. Create the holiday. You know, if you cry before you eat. Kind of get over it a little fast. <laughs> it's very sad, very tragic, but it's one of those things that I think the U.S. has taken in, and it's become a family thing. Yeah, and right. when you realize the background of where it comes from and what Thanksgiving is, you might have another opinion. But as a kid, you love Thanksgiving. You yeah. love the dinners. You love auntie coming and you know pulling your ear and whatnot but thanksgiving is cool but not in this way right so happy thanksgiving though yeah happy thanksgiving oh yeah happy, happy thanksgiving. thanksgiving any recreational use is preferred before <laughs> <laughs> short story bingo episode 15 <laughs> Uh, my name is Nature Cone the Third. I'm Joey. Joe. Okay. I go by the name of AP. Yo, man, you just released some music, right? He uh, did. Sort of. He did. We just sort had of. a release okay, party. A little, little bit, it was yeah. crazy. Where can it's we find your music? Fucking fantastic. You can find me on SoundCloud.com slash I am a lemma. A L E M A. After. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah. After um, the uh, closing, dun -dun -dun, I'm going to um, put his song to finish the whole joint out. So Yay! just listen to the rest of this. And um, after the dun -dun -dun, spirit fingers, his joint's going to come on. It's going to be a slap break. We love you, England. <laughs> Shout out to Thank Red you guys Coast. so much. I certainly appreciate it. Again, please tell your friends Team about it. Subscribe, bitch. listen, let me know what's going on. Short story bingo at yahoo.com. My name is Nate Chacon the third. This is episode 15. Giddy. My name is Nate Chacon. Short story bingo. Dun dun dun! Spare fingers! Yes! Yeah. <laughs>
It's time we make this about you and me. Yeah. If you ride it with me, then you ride with a T. Still up in my own lane where the lights stay green. Willing and able, put food on the table so you can ride shoddy or hop out the Jeep. Oh, love. Sorry, bad as you know it. Now she on my line and I'm trying not to blow it. Nah. Cause we started chilling, we both catching feelings, and neither was willing to show it. Now she chilling yeah. with the illest in the lake, cause she know it. No love for plain, pull a glass of the mowing. Yeah. A real woman and it's known, cause she get it on her own. It's yes. motivation to a poet. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. about she, cause she not like them. Needle in a haystack, and a stack times ten. Never oh, yeah. but a shine in the room full of gems that she always done a ride in a hoopy old bins. Uh, uh, yeah. Grown enough to know when to pass the liquor with the right foot, the fit up in a glass slipper. Uh, Feeling like I just gotta check what all comes like. I pick up the phone right now, tell my mama, yeah, yeah. Yeah. thing I do. You're always on. So you can ride shot of your hop out the Jeep. Oh, yeah. love, moving like an OG. G. Came a long way from that bit in 03. Yelling uh. F O E till I D I E. I was taught to chase money, let the money chase me. Now I got the city yelling, let my guy next. next. Hotline bling with the plug on text. Hobby on 10 with gorillas in the jacks. And my face on the net, starting on my ex. Don't carry chains, but it's something I need. I'm obsessed with the chase and the need to succeed. Not even the weekend, but sipping and chiefing. With women that look just like GGID. Handful of legs like a hit right now. Moves to be made if I did right now Breaks to be laid but I'm trying to maintain But there's only one thing on my brain right now Yeah, Feel like ain't enough time in the day to be wasted So I can't help but feel like I can't chill as we make it Handful of legs I can hit right now Moves to be made if I did right now Breaks to be laid but I'm trying to maintain But there's only one thing